0: Good afternoon everybody and welcome back to the Tone Meets Slur Podcast. I'm Logan and uh wow I sound more like a hipster radio DJ today. Mm-hmm. Join me today, uh coming out of Charlotte, Andrew the Hound Dog, Rodriguez.
1: Woo-hoo-hoo! I mean I guess I've been called worse. Um yeah. I've moved Again, I feel like this is the fourth place that I've done this podcast from, which A shows our longevity, and B shows my inability to stay in one place for a long time.
0: I know it's kind of crazy. I mean, I think I like to think of it as you're just gaining more life experience, right? Like traveling around, Her. trying all the th- different things. I don't know. At least you get. At least you're trying the different areas. Uh, speaking of someone in a different area, we've got. Artem, the wombat, uh, out of Texas. How's it going, Artem?
2: It's good. We got a, our third kid on the way uh, in December. Thank you. Uh, living in only the second place since we've started this podcast. Got into this house right before the pandemic and right before the housing market decided to go out of whack, so... Uh,
0: <laughs> I know, right? Gosh. I... Actually, as a guy with no kids, I've kind of got that question. I'm like, so at what point does it do you start getting like? I know Andrew, you've got your first kid on the way, so obviously you've got your own worries. But then Artem, now you've got. I'm, like, only,
1: I'm only mildly
0: terrified. <laughs> Artem, you've got three kids. It's like, oh my gosh, do you get worried at this point ever again, or is it just kind of like, yeah, whatever? After the first, well, there, there are
1: more. There are more of them than you. Like I feel like they could they could win if war broke out. <laughs>
0: Nah, uh, you
2: just got to keep them under an iron fist.
0: Well, I feel like the bigger concern uh, growing up is like one day they come to you and they're like, Dad, I want to go to the University of Texas. And you're just like... Mm. <laughs> 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 I mean,
2: can't threaten people on a podcast, okay, right? <laughs> but
0: yeah. Yeah, that's always been a scary thought for me. Is like when I have kids, I'm like... And one of my kids is like, I want to go to the University of Georgia. And I'm like, well, that's great. But I just want you to know you're dead to me. Um, anyway. like
2: if, if, if the kid gets into Georgia at that point, like you, you probably knew was coming because they couldn't get in anywhere else. And it was, you know, Georgia or Auburn. you're like, well, sh- at least you're going to college.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that's fair. Uh, Anyway, but no. I think uh, we're trying to get back on track. Like I said, we did our little off-season thing. It's always good to take a nice break, and obviously a lot of stuff going on in all of our lives. <laughs> New kids on the way, trying to avoid COVID, uh, starting back up. The housing market is just... I don't know what it's like in Charlotte for you, Andrew. Out here, it's nuts. My I, I, friend. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, so,
1: like my wife and I were able to get the house we bought under asking price because it was on the market for 9 days.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that's the situation we're in.
1: How many murders happened in it? Uh,
0: only like
1: 2 or 3, I think.
0: Yeah, have so I mean, you so- have you? Start, the
1: the previous owner was a landscape architect. So I'm sure he used like the blood of his enemies to grow the grass real nice.
0: I I will say you have a big backyard. So I'm kind of worried that like one day your dog Dolly is gonna be back there and it's gonna bring back like a human hand and you're like ah, <laughs> <laughs> like darn it, not again, <laughs> not again, uh, just like just like Tennessee. Uh, but yeah. So, Speaking of human body parts, um,
1: I know we're not a book recommendation podcast, but I just finished reading *Devil in the White City*, and it is
0: definitely worth reading. Oh, dude, I read that in high school. That takes me back. That is a really oh. good. That's a really good story. Although, I mean, I don't want to make you feel down about the whole. Artem, did you read that book before I go on my spiel?
2: No, and I probably will never read it.
0: Uh, it's pretty good. It's about the world's fair in Chicago and also about, uh, one of the world's most prolific mass murderers. Although I will say, so the spiel I was about to go on I listen to a true crime podcast. Cause of course I did. Um, apparently he probably did not, the murderer in the book probably did not commit all the murders that, uh, they allege in that book supposedly, but, uh, it's anyway, I uh, I would need to do more research into that, but I think one of the more one of the more well-known true crime writers kind of said that with H. H. Holmes because uh, there's so little information about him that even though those things were constructed, that they don't think they were really used, at least the way that they said. <sighs> I, can I mean, that's see the, that that's the difference having kids is you don't get you don't have time to like
2: sit still and read. Because when the kids are asleep, you're trying to move around more, so you're not, like, a fat piece of crap.
0: Well, I also, f- um, I also feel like...
2: So you got audiobooks.
0: I also feel like if you had the time to read, you probably would pick, like, nicer subjects other than, like, a murder hotel. Well, I guess there's some cool stuff about the World's Fair. I guess. Not if you have
1: two or three kids. <laughs> I mean, you're basically running a murder hotel at that point anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of murder hotels... I'm not actually sure how to make this transition. So, college football... Not for the ad read. By Manscaped. (laughs) By Manscaped. But, uh, no, I think... So, college football has passed a lot of interesting legislation, or I guess the NCAA, really, not just college football, all of college sports. And I don't think they were probably very happy about it, but uh, for those unfamiliar, uh, the NIL has uh, been pra- passed recently, which allows players to get paid for their likeness. Uh, not by schools. Not by schools, no. By That's se- a very important caveat. Separate entities. Now, I will, yeah, like uh, businesses and groups like that, or for them to make money off of their own image by making products or having Twitch streams, which is a thing I'll probably talk about. Um,
1: who is the first college football player who starts an OnlyFans? And why is it Spencer Rattler at
0: Oklahoma? <laughs> no, come on. I, I I guarantee you there's, like, some gymnast out there that already has an OnlyFans. Well,
1: yeah, but this isn't a college gymnastics podcast.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be Derek King because Derek King seems to be cashing in on, like, everything. I don't know what's up with him. i in Miami. Uh, But, yeah, so... Before I really get into it, I guess like I, I, I we talked about this a few times. What were you alls stances on players getting paid? I, because I, I don't really, I think we were all kind of like okay with it. I just don't remember the exact stances. And if y'all had anything against it, what was your rationale? I guess uh, Andrew, if you want to get us started, what were your thoughts on?
1: I nil was not something I was ever against because again, it's third parties. Paying. Um, I really think all it's going to do is take what was under the table and pull it above just a little bit. Uh, You know, you're going to see every car dealership in every small town in Georgia with, you know, JT Daniels or whoever the good Georgia running back is, you know, shilling cars or getting money for their likeness for like a cardboard stand up of like JT Daniels shops at. Tifton-Kia, you know, something like that. Um, The interesting thing to me, and and my father-in-law and I were actually talking about this the other day, is one of the groups of people who are probably going to make the most money from NIL are the traditionally attractive female athletes. As well as the athletes who have already somewhat built social media followings. Because I think that's where you're going to see a lot of it is you know, XYZ gymnast, swimmer, volleyball player, women's basketball player, is really, really attractive and has a decent social media following. I think that's where you'll start to see a lot of NIL money change hands. And as well as I think it's probably going to benefit, at least in football, the big names at the big schools. I think you may see some smaller school guys in the area make some money. So, like, Coastal Carolina players probably make some money in Conway and Myrtle Beach and that area. You know, Georgia Southern players maybe in Statesboro and Savannah. But you're not going to see those guys really blow up, I think, much on a national level. Um, I think it'll, again, you know, it'll be, we joke, the Spencer Rattlers, the the Sam Howells to an extent, you know, those guys that are big-time names at big-time schools who are able to pull the eyeballs and the to make the marketing work, worth it. Um, I'm also really interested to see how the tax situation on this is going to work out, because if we know anything, Uncle Sam is going to get his money. And I have no idea how NIL contract taxation works.
0: Yeah, and I'm also, and that was kind of one of my key things thinking about this, is I kind of wished when they had passed this that uh, the schools had maybe put something in place to educate these kids about.
1: I think a lot of schools have. I hope so. Um, I know I know Georgia Tech has partnered with uh, some company who's like a brand management marketing company who's supposed to do a lot to help the the, the players and, and kind of help them understand what they're working on and like how to do it the right way and how to not get swindled. Because um, I think that's what you're going to see too. I think unfortunately you're going to see some guys get taken advantage of.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and people across all athletics. I mean, like you said, this is affecting all kinds of people. To your point, uh, before I move on to Artem, uh, I've got a listing at uh, 247 Sports of some of the peop- some of the big names that have signed on. Uh, yeah, two uh, two sisters, Hannah and Haley Cavender, apparently came into the school in Fresno State Basketball with a large Instagram and TikTok following, and they just signed a pretty big deal with Boost Mobile. Uh, Lexi's son, Nebraska Volleyball, has signed an endorsement deal with Volleyball Apparel Company. So, yeah, I mean... People are making a big deal out of these uh, followings that they already had, or about their better appearances. But that's—I think—that's just business in general, right? You want to get the people who look better. Yeah, I mean, have it's, it's, it's marketing.
1: You know, you're trying to sell your product. You know, you're not going to hire me to prance around in leggings trying to sell leggings. Like nobody
0: wants oh. to see that. <laughs> oh come on! Don't sell yourself short. I don't know.
1: Somebody. I mean, somebody I'm sure there's it. like a niche, like dad bod legging fetish out there somewhere, but I haven't found it yet or found a way to make money off
0: you, of it. You don't consider yourself a dilf? I guess you're not a dad. Uh, not,
1: not quite yet. Um, I guess when I have... My wife gives birth in November.
0: I guess I will be. We'll find out how that goes. Uh, so, Artem, I, again, I don't really remember your exact take on it. Were you in the same boat as Andrew? You just don't want the schools to be paying the players? Or do you have more against them getting paid in general or were you just okay with the whole thing?
2: I don't know. I don't know what I'm okay with, to be honest. Like, should you be able to profit off your own hard work? Hell yeah. Like, I don't know who would say that you shouldn't, right? Um, I think the people that say that NIL shouldn't exist are people who are afraid that other schools will sneak in and steal some of their recruits. I I think the, the big thing here is NIL didn't, still didn't allow high school athletes to do anything. So, they still can't make money. So, I, I guess that's where we're drawing the line. Um, and that's, that's a new line, right? It, it's a line that essentially didn't exist before, and now we're saying, hey, as soon as you're out of high school, you're good to go. You can do whatever you want. So, now you have some kids that are like, you know what? I'm then, you know, number one or number two running back in the country or whatever, and I'm not gonna play my high. It's my senior high school year because it's you know. Is it likely I'm gonna be the if I'm number two? Is it likely I'm gonna be number one? Eh, I might have to work too hard for that. So they're like, you know what? I'm gonna sit out a season, and they essentially can declare right after that because they're they're no longer playing the sport. So you, you got some kids um, getting sponsored even sooner. But what it the problem that I have with it is. The NCAA, for God knows whatever reason, wasn't prepared at all for this, so the rules are still great. you got Oregon offering or funneling Nike money, so um, all these schools that got in trouble with basketball before, I think it was uh, Adidas, um, and a couple of Nike guys too, where they were you know, five-star recruits or whatever, and they were straight up getting paid six figures to go to a certain school because that school had a certain logo. Or they had Nike or Adidas or the Jordan brand or whatever. So now we're going to see a lot of you know, is a how much is a brand willing to pay for those kids? Because what we've seen from sites like Twenty Four Seven is they're pretty damn accurate on here. You know, here's the top thirty-two kids, and at least half of them end up being in the the first round of the draft three years later, three four years later. So we're, we're seeing because the rules are unknown it's the wild west out there now and you got nike coming in and through oregon stealing a bunch of texas kids saying hey if you sign with oregon we'll give you this much money once you're at the school um is it legal for you to sign that as a high school you know uh, as a high school uh, athlete and if, if you do sign it is it then legally binding when you get to the school what happens if you you know are medically discharged and you can no longer play after playing spring ball you get hurt you're out are you still getting paid that money? So a, a lot of question marks here, a lot of gray areas, and I think over the next couple of years we'll we'll find out what you can do and what you can do and, I guess, what's legal. And it's going to spur a lot more problems and discussion around this stuff because we really don't know, and nobody said what was right and what wasn't. We just said, hey, while you're still in high
0: school, you can do it, but as soon as you're out of high school playing, you can could, you could do whatever. Well. Yeah, and I'm kind of hoping this doesn't happen, but I'm worried that the NCAA might just kind of not take an impact here out of the – or I guess kind of step away from kind of legislating these things or kind of carrying out defense of the players. I I don't know if there really is still a spokesman for the players. So as Andrew pointed out and as you pointed out, Artem – Like, there's no guideline for what the contract these guys can sign. And as we know, kids out of high school, especially kids who are planning to just be athletes their whole life, are not exactly the most intelligent individuals. So you could see a lot of people trying to take advantage of these kids, uh, depending on the situation. And if the NCAA or somebody else doesn't step up to kind of make sure – that the contracts they're signing are proper, um, then you're going to see a lot of kids end up in bad financial situations or just straight up being taken advantage of. Um, and I don't think anyone cares about that though. Right now, I think they just kind of wanted to pass the legislation that says, "Yeah, y'all can get paid, uh, but that's on you. We're we're not dealing. We're not dealing with it essentially."
1: Um. The other interesting thing to me, and, and I haven't had a, a good answer, I kind of know what I think from what I've seen, but you have to remember that these schools control their own licensing and their intellectual property as well. So, you know, the things where I've seen like with with Rattler with some of those, they can't say Oklahoma, they can't wear OU logos and all of that because the schools control the name, image, and likeness for all of that stuff. And so that's where it's going to be really interesting to me is, is the kid going to advertise themselves as, you know, I'm Spencer Radler quarterback, or are they going to be able to say Oklahoma? The other thing too is you're also, I think a lot of schools have come out and put in rules where you're not allowed to sign with competitors to the school apparel contracts. So like if you're a Nike school, like you can't sign an Adidas Thing, huh? Yeah, that's true.
2: That's absolutely true. And I guess the biggest thing I have with it is we've drawn that line, right, Andrew? And let's say you are a kid who's sitting out their senior year. Can you sign now? Like it's kind of like the whole uh, uh, you can vote and you can join the army, but you can't drink argument. Like at which point are yeah. you then okay to get paid? Because really, if you think about in the grand scheme of things. If you're telling me that in college I should be able to be paid for what I do because it's my job and it's my hard work and it's my body, then why can't you do the same thing on the high school level?
1: Yeah, and I definitely think, especially in small towns, I mean, you're going to see... I mean, not that you don't already see that kind of happening under the table. You know, the good quarterback at the small town high school probably makes some money from, you know, boosters and other stuff on the side. But I think that is a very valid question is how that's going to impact. I think the other thing it's going to look at is... We've already seen just how corrupt, like, the AAU basketball circuit is. You know, what's to stop? You know, you're the best 16-year-old basketball player in the country. You play for a, a Nike AAU team. Why can't you sign your NIL rights to Nike? Uh,
0: yeah, and again, I think the problem overlaying is that there's no one in the interest— that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, there's no, play, there's no union for college players. It's, well, and, yeah. and and the ri- the
1: rich kids that that are that are do this are going to have parents who can hire attorneys, can can hire, and can understand how to handle this. You know, unfortunately, I think a lot of the kids who come from poor backgrounds are the ones that that are more likely to get taken advantage of.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. there's a
1: couple other things to it so
2: I guess an example that I have that is why I have some uh, trepidation around this is everybody knows who Lionel Messi is right one of the best soccer players in the world three or four years ago he get, he's you know he's in his 30s now but he was you know late 20s he gets in trouble for uh, his dad using his money and there's like he's in trouble with like taxes he didn't pay enough taxes or whatever this dude has a professional accountant he still can't figure his money out and like his family using his money and reporting it correctly and now we're talking about these kids that don't have lawyers because they're living in a small town and it's the one way to get out of the town is to play football and I'm six six 66270 you know i can make it be, be the first person in my family to go to college but i have to play football to do it that kid doesn't have a professional accountant. He's for sure gonna get in trouble because this guy over here is a professional soccer player and can't figure it out with with help.
0: Well, and, uh, I mean, I'm,
1: or 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 he purposefully tried to avoid taxes. I think Cristiano Ronaldo's had the same trouble too. <laughs> well, it, it was something with his dad, right? And we've heard that story here before. Fun. I mean, where, Neymar. I mean, that's a huge thing with Neymar is I, about his dad and prostitutes but, and.
0: I mean, I think a more apt comparison in this particular case would probably be like the kid stars back in the day where it's like, even though technically the kids are the ones making the money and signing the contract, the parents are like, okay, well, let me manage your finances and we'll figure this all out. And the kids don't know any better. Like, you know, like you said, they're not well-educated.
1: Isn't that that like the whole like hashtag free Britney Spears thing right now?
0: Uh, That's a little different because she was – she got – she, that actually went to court before the conservatorship. But yeah, essentially, you can make that argument where it's like somebody at some point said that she was not in the right state of mind so all the finances have to go through her dad now who is not treating her well, let's say. Yeah. Um, well, and,
2: and so the second point of it was, uh, to bring it back to college football, uh, there are states that are passing different laws about it, right? I think Georgia passed one that was like, the school has the ability to whatever money you make to redistribute up to 85% of the, that wealth, uh, to
1: your teammates, essentially. So
0: Jesus. that's not, that's, least, that's, that's, a that's, screw the player over kind of thing. Got a
1: couple, a couple of players have come out and I know DR King at Miami's talked about he's going to do that anyway, but, but the schools I, are
2: taking the state yeah. and the school is taking that choice from you in some cases. Yep. So are you then going well, go to, Georgia, it's kind of right?
1: like the, um, I can't remember the name of the Supreme Court case with the NCAA, but if you go read um, Justice Kavanaugh's opinion on it, he basically says, and I'm paraphrasing this, um, you know, this is a narrow ruling, but you should really keep suing the NCAA.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm all for that, because the NCAA has been pretty garbage for... A long time I don't know what
1: it's what the schools want like that's the thing that bothers me is people need to realize what the NCAA is the NCAA is a an organization run by university presidents that's what the NCAA is so that's what the university presidents want like you can get mad at the NCAA you can hate the NCAA you can want to punch Mark Emmert a lot of people do but in the end the people and the organizations that run the NCAA are university presidents.
0: Well, and I wonder though, because the universities actually have power, I I guess I hate to keep coming back to this, but I mean like, do you think there will be anybody who steps up for players' rights from college university? Well, well the I don't, problem too Yeah, go ahead.
1: The, the, sorry, the problem too is that the NCAA isn't just college football. Division one college football. It isn't just Division One college basketball the ncaa governs everything from that down to like d3 men's golf like that's the, i think what you will see is you will see the power five or the fbs football sponsoring schools break off and create their own organization
0: really you think so
1: i, I think I think that is more, because we've already seen it where the P5 has been given certain levels of autonomy to make their own rules. And I think I honestly think it'd be a P5 split, where you'd see the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 all basically break off, form their own NCAA, and play by their own sets of rules.
0: Hmm. I mean, I feel like it would take a while before that happens, but I guess I could see it. I think mean,
1: we're trending towards it. Not, I mean, not fast. Like, it's not going to happen, like, next week. But I think we're moving faster than we think.
2: It's going to happen this year with the NIL.
1: Some of these... Oh, schools. Well, NIL that... technically impacts everyone, but...
2: Yeah, but we're, we're talking about, like, UCF is going to be a school that potentially benefits from NIL because of the huge college base, the the Florida area, but some of these other I mean, they're schools... are not they're not going
1: to benefit, of... like, Florida, Florida State, or Miami...
2: Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. Some of these smaller schools, the gap's only going to get bigger. Before, yeah. you had these small teams. They could beat the big teams. If the team played well together and they were all seniors and they got their butts whooped the last three years, then there was a chance. And now that, that's going to be less
1: likely. There's there's a quote that I always like, and and I'm sad that I don't know if he's still on the radio, Logan, on Fridays, but during football season, Adam and Joe used to have Steve Logan on. He was the former head coach at East Carolina. And he told the story one time about before the BCS, he could recruit with Wake Forest and Duke and some of these ACC schools and beat them. You know, get kids to come to East Carolina that were going to go to Wake, that were going to go to Duke. He said when the BCS came in, he started losing these kids to Wake and to Duke because they would be like, oh, you know, I, I could play in the BCS national title game. And he'd look at the kid and go, son, you're going to Wake Forest. He's like, yeah, but the chance is there. And again, I think that's like you said, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see the halves, and I think you're going to see it not just the Power Five conferences. I mean, you're going to see it the Clemsons and Georgias and Alabamas and A&Ms and USC's and Ohio State's are going to keep getting further and further away from the Wake Forests, the Dukes, the Vanderbilts, the, you know, Oregon State's, the Rutgers, the Northwestern's, you know, I think you're going to start to see that gap open up, and it's going to be really interesting because you're going to kind of have to decide, do you let football go, form its own thing, to save the rest of the conference?
0: Hmm, It is kind of an interesting thought. I Because I feel like the university heads would have to come to some kind of decision together. That's kind of what the NCAA is. But like you said, I think the – the ones who benefit most, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Georgias, Ohio States, those kind of programs would be the big ones that would split off from the P5 and then all the other – basically any non-P5 program now is kind of like, well, why are we even here? You know, that's –
1: I. The fascinating – I mean, I've heard – and again, they're fans, so take it for what it's worth. But, I mean, I've hawked and met with Clemson fans – Florida state fans, Virginia tech fans that hate the, the rest of the ACC because for so long it was a basketball conference because they feel that so many decisions by the conference office have been made for basketball or lacrosse or these other sports. And they're like, but football makes the money. We should control everything.
0: Mm. I mean, they're not, I don't know. They're not entirely wrong. It's tough, but I do. I, I don't know. It's, I, I hate to say that, because it's like, I kind of like the way the system is now with the P5 Pro system, but, I mean, I feel like it's all about the money. Uh, just like that song, it's all about the money, money, money. So,
1: Always about money. It's always been about money.
0: Mm.
2: Imagine this, like, scenario, you know, there's a, the NCAA heads are, and I know, I know it's not how it is, but the NCAA heads are meeting for their NCAA rulings, and rule changes and stuff and they're taking a little lunch break and then you got east carolina walking in and you got smu walking in uh name another small school uh fresno state and they're they're all walking together with their little lunch trays and stuff and they walk in and you got florida state ohio state uh usc sitting at one table and they're like oh let's go join them and they get up uh, they get up there and uh Michigan shows up and, like, what are you losers doing here? Go sit at the kids' table. There's, like, a smaller table next to them where all the other teams are sitting. That's how I see
0: it. This is like like a bad high school drama, okay? (laughs) I do kind of like that image. um...
1: Well, but, I mean, you think about it, that's that's how, you know, votes happen. You know, I know the SEC last year when they were voting on whether or not to play non-conference games, I think South Carolina and Kentucky – were the only schools that voted for a non-conference game because they wanted to play Louisville and Clemson,
0: right? I, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, and
1: all, and all you have got to do if you're if you're Florida is convince Kentucky that oh this is good for you, you know. South Carolina that you know because South Carolina and Kentucky think that they can be Florida, you know. Ole Miss and Mississippi State think that they can be Alabama.
0: They that's what they think. Um, it's. It's tough because you know we grew up with things I mean technically we grew up with the BCS so it's a little different but I don't think the playoff situation changed the BC from the BCS that much so it's I think though that we're looking at uh, without <laughs> spending an hour discussing all the possible intricacies I think we're looking at an upcoming decade where a lot of things can are gonna be changing very quickly uh, and I mean the Nil, no. And I think uh, the playoff expansion, which we're—I'm sure—we'll discuss in another podcast. All this stuff is kind of changing things overnight. So, and s- we'll have to see how it plays out. It's—it's it's definitely not the college uh, football kind of landscape that we thought it was uh, back in the night, thought it would be back in the '90s. Okay, but uh, before we go on, uh, I do want to talk about how our school outlooks going into the next season. But before that, uh, so, Andrew, do... do Go you...
1: subscribe to me, Undies.
0: <laughs> Does Georgia Tech have any uh, people making money off the NIL?
1: Um, the interesting one to me, and it's not even a football player, is Jordan Usher, the basketball player.
0: Oh, from the House of Usher, yes.
1: Because one of the things that he's kind of done on social media through georgia tech and i don't think he's made any money off of it is he's kind of had this this ush tv where he kind of shows like behind the scenes of of basketball practice and stuff like that and and really kind of gives like a a look into kind of his life as a college athlete and that's going to be one where i think it's going to be interesting to see how much he can turn something like that into you know monetize it and make money off of it
0: i mean frankly i would i don't know about paying to see it but i'd probably watch some of that as the season got closer i mean i would watch some of that i feel like if there were twitch streams of like georgia tech practice or georgia tech players like doing stuff i don't
1: don't give jeff collins
0: any ideas
2: (laughs) they already do that on instagram anyway um and i'm sure they're getting some sort of i can't believe you said house of usher
0: that's funny now i know Okay, Artem. I know Texas A&M players are getting paid, so uh, you're in a better situation. You want to tell us about some of the situations over in uh, College Station?
2: There's a there's a couple that I've heard of. they are kind of small small things happening, but really, uh, you guys know Canes, right? Is Canes in yeah. Georgia? Raisin Canes, okay, yeah. Raising Canes, yeah. So uh, our running back Isaiah Spiller has that deal with the radio where he's getting paid, you know, ten grand to appear on the radio, and then. He's got a deal through Canes as well. Uh, he's really the the one that's come out the, the most. There's a there's a lot of kind of tiny ones. They're probably you know getting five hundred to a thousand or something like that. But Spiller's really been the one that's that's getting a ton. And it's it, it's a running back heavy offense, so that's where you're gonna see. I
1: I think my favorite that I've seen is um, barbecue joints have signed entire offensive lines. Oh, that's awesome. To NILs, uh, I know Mission Barbecue did it with Wisconsin's and I think Arkansas maybe or Notre Dame's. And I that's that's awesome. Like I think every like all-you-can-eat buffet in a college town should sign the offensive line to an NIL.
2: Yeah, so- wait, like ten years from now, the second iteration of this or shorter, whatever, you can have the offensive line with. Yeah, they're wearing the college uniform, but on the sleeves, they have the, the barbecue joint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny.
0: I would actually be... I'd be a huge dig on that, because that, I, I, I'm all about the barbecue. Uh, I think my personal... F- I, have
1: I went to a really good barbecue joint the other weekend.
0: In Charlotte, or just in general? Uh,
1: no, it was in Toccoa. Uh We were at Lake Hartwell,
0: uh, visiting the I Actually, I think that's... Uh, tacoa has got a lot of nice stuff, but... Uh, some of my my particular favorite one, um, and this is just because I think it's kind of adorable. Uh, Trey Knox out of Arkansas has signed a deal with PetSmart along with his dog, uh, Blue, who is a husky. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking adorable. Um, but yeah, no. So it's like him and his big dog are working are doing stuff for PetSmart and putting the ads out there. So I, th- I thought that was really cool. Uh, at Alabama, I guess... Um, I'm sure there's more people signing. I think that like you said, I think there have been some defensive players that signed with barbecue places over there. But uh, Jaquincy McKinstry is apparently and I this is a whole other bag of chips as far as stuff that needs to get explained, but he Oh, uh, is, is he the
1: one that changed his name to Kool Aid?
0: He is. He changed it to Kool-Aid. He is ah! se- he is selling non fungible tokens through Skybox Sports, and I'm like, okay. That's a. Li- are they are they
1: tapped like Fallout, like what?
0: I don't, I don't know. I'm reading this off two four seven. It's like the in the non fungible token comes with an admission to an Alabama home game from Kool Aid's personal tickets. I'm like uh,
1: I okay. So that is actually going to be very 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 interesting because there are NCAA rules in place where you are not allowed to sell your student tickets.
0: So this that that's that, gonna that makes sense
1: because it's a benefit from the school.
0: That's yep. directly from the school. So yeah, we, uh,
1: we had two players suspended in 2012, uh, 2012 or twenty eleven because they sold their Georgia tickets and they were suspended for the first game the next year.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's this is gonna be a messy thing. I don't know. As it's, it's kind of crazy.
2: You change your name to Kool Aid and then not sign an NIL with Kool Aid. Or whoever
0: owns Kool Aid. I think he actually has signed an NIL with Kool Aid, but I, I don't know. Um, or maybe that was like him trying to do it and they were like, no, sorry, buddy.
1: He was like, oops. He
0: wanted, he wanted to be the next Kool Aid man, bust through the wall. Like, oh yeah. Isn't he
1: like a wide, he like a wide receiver or something like that? Uh, defensive back. Yeah, so like he's he's not like an offensive lineman. He would no. be the perfect kool aid, man, or a D tackle.
0: I think that's why he didn't get the contract. That's probably it. Um but yeah, it's it's interesting. And like we said, there's just going to be a whole lot of stuff uh, going on. I, I don't know. Uh, 4000 online 4000 athletes have partnered with Yoke Gaming. Like I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I think,
1: I think that's been the big one, is a lot of players are doing, like, pay-to-play Call, Call of Duty or Madden or whatever with x which...
0: It's the easiest... I'm, 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 it's easiest to set up, because you just sign a thing with Twitch, and then you can just stream whenever you have time. It's, like, it's not that complicated. And we're, a lot of
1: them are doing it before. Yeah. They're just
0: getting
1: paid for it now. I, I honestly am interested to see what happens when, like, the, the first... Female athlete has an OnlyFans. I mean, I'm sure there's some out there that do, but like the school finds out about it,
0: I'm just I'm just how
1: that how that's handled.
0: I'm not even Notre (laughs)
1: Dame or 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 BYU.
0: I'm I'm not even worried about the OnlyFans. Like I could see, like dude, you know how many people were watching that like stream where the guy was like streaming Oklahoma and Army, and then they were like, show us your feet. I'm like, I could totally see. I could totally see like a girl gamer doing something there are like that. Out there. <sighs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> well, this has been a fun topic. I'm sure there's more to talk about on the horizon, but uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight to our listeners about uh, what the nil out- outlook is at the moment. Uh, I kind of want to wrap up. I know we. Don't- we uh, spent about forty minutes talking about the NIL, but uh, if y'all got the if y'all got the time, let's to finish up by talking about our own teams and what our outlooks are. So, Andrew, no, you know what, Artem, because I want to put a positive spin on things, and I want to end on a depressing note. Uh, let's have you talk about Texas A&M. I I think coming off of last year, and I mean you might play this down because I know you don't want to jinx anything, but Texas A&M's gotten a lot of talent, and they, they had a good chance last year. Uh, I think the only big loss was to Alabama, and that really threw a wrench in things. But, I mean, this could be Texas A&M's year with Alabama losing a lot of talent. Uh, what are your thoughts going forward?
2: Yeah, I saw somebody tweeted out, and it was like, you know, J- Jimbo's fourth year, you got a redshirt freshman quarterback at the center, and a chance of the national title. Like, ha, you thought we are talking about now. We're talking about 2013 with Jameis Winston. But, um, similar situation. Um, there's a lot of positive, uh, positive spin out there. High ratings, all that stuff. Uh, someone's years really brought all the Aggie fans PTSD from that because every time we were ranked highly at the beginning of the season, uh, they, they were trash. They were like seven and six, eight and five at most teams. Um... There's been a couple others before something other than that, but he just he just had a, a knack for these things. Uh, with Jimbo, really, we got most of our defensive starters back. I think out of the starting 11, we got nine back. Uh, and really, we played it too deep every single game. So we got a lot of defensive depth back. So our, our defense is going to be top 10 in the country, likely just due to experience being in the same system for four years. Uh, that's going to be fun to watch because that also means fun turnovers, pick sixes, you know, recognizing different shifts, things like that. Uh, on the offensive side, um, we are, we got a whole new offensive line, except for our all American and a new quarterback. Uh, re- really, that's all that's changed. But those are some pretty big changes. So uh, honestly, nobody's really worried about the quarterback change because Mond was very limited in the throws he could make. Um, the guys behind him can toss a much cleaner ball, but just weren't game ready to play. And uh, Mond was a lot better at pre- preventing turnovers essentially due to experience. So, uh, quarterback, no, nobody's really too worried about because it's a, a very run heavy team. You know, run first, outside the tackles, play action out, uh, and then usually your guys open because they're too worried about stopping the run. Uh, but the biggest point of worry is really the the offensive line. Um, you, you can tell the coach is thinking about it too because Jimbo brought up and said, "You know these guys are way more talented than the guys we had before." Essentially, because all the guys that left were three stars originally, except one, I believe.
0: I hate and it. Every- I hate it when a coach says that though, because he's like, "Come on, really?" Like, okay, sorry. Go ahead. It's like,
2: <laughs> you- no, you're good. Uh, so that, that's kind of where we are. Are all Americans back, and he'll get drafted this year either way but um they looked have decent in the spring game so there's definitely some positivity out there for it there're much more talented guys that have been in the program for a long time there's a true freshman that might break through the rings just because he's that good he's a uh what do you call it when you toss the the huge weight uh like a hammer toss in uh, yeah, the yeah track and hammer field throw or whatever
0: yeah a hammer he, throw so he,
2: he, he does oh, the he, shot put shot put there we go he does that he's a big dude his nickname's the mountain so um it's going to be a fun year. See, if, if he doesn't break through, it means we have a good offensive line. If he breaks through, it means we had a weak, weak link. Uh, relatively favorable schedule, playing a crappy Colorado team uh, as our one of our out-of-conference opponents. And we really start out uh, relatively easy. We don't play Alabama until game eight. So the team will have plenty of opportunity to come together. Uh, Alabama will obviously do the same, and they've done so many, many times. But definitely a a very positive year for our chances against Alabama because we feel like we've kept a lot more starters than they have, um, which bodes well for the offense we're playing in.
0: So can you give me any background information about the quarterback or what he plays like or who it'll be? I mean, I know it's hard to project an offensive line, but uh, I don't know if you all have already pinned down who your quarterback starter is going to be.
2: They haven't. It's going to be a competition going through fall camp, but it's very likely to be Haynes King. Uh, you know, he was, I believe, first or second, number one or two uh, dual threat quarterback in the country uh, over a year ago. Um, he's a coach's kid, so he played. His, his dad is a high school football coach at Longview and runs the exact same system that, that AM runs, essentially. So he's played most of his life under a coach. He knows how it is, he's able to be coached. The other guy he's battling with, as Zach calls out, and he's he just tossed a pretty ball. Honestly, he was a high three star where we fought Georgia towards the end to get him, but um, he's not super highly thought after. To be honest, that's my opinion, just from what I saw at the very end. But um, is uh he's different. Um, he tosses the ball probably a little prettier, and got puts a lot more velocity on there. Uh, I don't think he can make all the same throws, but his weakness is turnovers. He'll, he'll just force the ball into windows, and they really have about the same amount of game experience at this point. So they're going to go into fall camp, battle it out, you know, coaches speak essentially, but what people are guessing is Hanks King is going to be the starter because he thinks the same way that Jimbo does, and that's who Jimbo wants out on the field is somebody who thinks the same way he is. He
0: wants a mini Um, Jimbo. Yeah, yeah, I could see that.
2: and, And Jimbo was a quarterback, right? So the way he read the situation, he wants his player on the field doing the same. That way he knows what's going through his mind and he can call plays based on that. He can say, you know what? I can trust you with this play that you won't F it up and toss a pick in the end zone. Um, but really both, both inexperienced, um, I'm sure it's going to be King, but they'll wait all the way until game one to really announce it because that's how in these days, these days of transfer portal and NIL, you don't lose your your backup. Is it's too late to transfer at that point for some kids?
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean that's just how it is. I mean nobody announces anything until the first, basically hours before the first game. Um. Uh, all right. Well, with that out of the way, Andrew. Uh... Why don't, you, why don't you tell us about Georgia Tech? I mean, I've actually – I joined the rum, from the Rumble Seat staff, so I've got a lot more uh, insight now into some of the players and everything. So I'm more optimistic than I would have been going into this season. But um, I do want to hear your opinion uh, coming into 2021 because 2020 was definitely a – I would say a letdown uh, for most Georgia Tech fans.
1: So I'm going to try to do a compliment sandwich. I actually like some of the pieces we have on offense. Uh, obviously, Jameer Gibbs is the big name, the, the running back. I think he's going to be a guy who hopefully will be able to turn it loose. We've got depth in the running back room with him, Jordan Mason, and I really like Tante Smith. Uh, I think he's a guy who's got a lot of quickness who should see some playing time. I think the receivers will be really interesting getting Kyrick McGowan from Northwestern. Gives us kind of that, you know, now he's not Percy Harvin, so don't come at me saying that I told you he is Percy Harvin. He's that style player. He's a guy that you can you can play in the screen game. He's a guy that you can work with the jet sweeps and the pop passes and the, you know, just try to get him the ball in space. Now, do we have an offensive coordinator who's going to be able to do that? Yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, I like Jeff Sims. Um, I think, again, he's young. He made a lot of mistakes that you're going to see a young guy make. He's got to cut down on the turnovers. You know, he's a guy where you'd be like, yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God, what was that? Uh, the offensive line can't be worse. And we've got <laughs> transfers uh, that have come in. You know, Devin Cochran from Vanderbilt, Kenneth Kirby, the kid from Norfolk State, as well as the guys there have had some more time to grow and to gel. Um, tight ends, just kind of what it is. They don't really worry about that as much. I have, I did like Dylan Leonard's high school tape, but that's fine. Um And now the negative part of the compliment sandwich, the defense, was garbage last year. Um, They were 14th in the conference in scoring defense, 12th in the conference in rushing defense, 14th in the conference in passing defense, 14th in the conference in total defense. They were not good at all in any phase of the game. We could not get a pass rush. We could not run fit. We could not pass coverage. We were not good. Now to the positive bottom bun of the compliment sandwich that means we can only get better. We return a lot. Uh, I think bringing in some of the transfers is going to help. Kevin Harris from Alabama, Keon White from Old Dominion. Uh, Apparently they really like Eli, the linebacker from Maryland that came in. So we're really kind of hoping that, you know, those guys can come in and inject some some talent and ability. And, And to me, this is... I mean, it's pretty well documented on this podcast, my distaste for Jeff Collins. Um, But if he wins games, I don't care. I am that kind of fan where I can hate you, but as long as you win games, it doesn't matter. To me, this is kind of his put-up-or-shut-up year, which is a little unfair to him because the schedule is just abysmally hard. You know, at Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, at Miami, at Notre Dame, Georgia... You know, a Boston College team that's probably going to be pretty decent. A Virginia team we don't know a lot about. Duke probably won't be very good. Pittsburgh we don't know anything about. And we open with Northern Illinois and Kennesaw State.
0: Well, my, minor correction. Isn't the Notre Dame game still uh, technically neutral site in Atlanta? Or did they no, change it's, that?
1: It's, so we played Notre Dame in Atlanta last year. We're at Notre Dame this year. Um, the UNC game is the game that we're playing in Mercedes-Benz.
0: Ah, okay. There it is. Yeah. Okay
1: the mayhem at the Benz or whatever thing that we signed to do because I don't know playing games in the oldest on campus stadium in division 1 college football is apparently not cool enough though you know we have to go to the, the Benz
0: people want to play in I, NFL stadiums i mean what do you want to do
1: i mean georgia doesn't do that a-
0: alabama alabama
1: doesn't do that
0: alabama does do that i don't know what that's about they definitely do because they've been my in, bad. they they do they
1: do the Chick-fil-A kickoff they yeah. don't trade a home game
0: Okay, that's – well, I don't know. I'd have to look at the schedule. But, yeah, that's probably correct. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, right. I, I, I totally agree. Sorry. Again, your, your... I, I think it's a
1: situation where the team will be better, but because the schedule is so hard, it's going to be tough to show it. Because, I mean, to me, I five wins, Northern Illinois, Kennesaw State, Pittsburgh, Duke, and Virginia, maybe Virginia Tech because they're going through a lot of turmoil, but – I mean, we're not beating Clemson. We're not beating North Carolina. We're not beating Notre Dame. We're not beating Georgia. So, I mean, there's four losses right there. Boston College handled us pretty easily last year. Now, who's to say if they're going to be the same? Um, but, I mean, a bowl game would be really cool. Uh, you know, just showing you're trending in the right direction. We were one of the worst teams in the country in penalty yardage last year, so being able to not be there would be good, and see growth in the defense. Just growth in general, I think, is the big thing is just see the team look better. You know, don't lose to Clemson 73-3, to or 73-7, to my bad. i I shorted us some points there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know there is new leadership on the defense, so I'm hoping things kind of get better, but uh, it was not a good look last year, and I think, uh, well, we run a 4-2-5. Oh, we, I, we were. Sorry, go ahead.
1: We were apparently next to last in um, turnovers last year. We lost 12 fumbles and had 13 interceptions. So, uh, well, yeah. That, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get better there.
0: Well, and that was the thing that always bugged me about the quarterback is that it just like he never seemed comfortable in the pocket. And when he scrambled, it was a coin flip. He'd either do something amazing or he'd do something incredibly horrible. Whether it was getting tackled for a loss or running out of bounds like six yards behind the line or just straight up fumbling the ball so
1: he also last year towards the end of the season i don't know if it's because they told him to do this because they just you know it was almost a lost season but he ran scared
0: yeah all the time
1: i get it again it may have been something where the staff said hey look it's kind of a wasted season by now anyway you know don't get yourself hurt but that's always a little concerning to me when a guy seems to be scared to get hit because it shows me a guy that gets hit gets rattled.
0: Well, yeah, he just had no off- He had no faith in his offensive line and it seemed like, which when- again, I can't blame him. <laughs> well, yeah, it just seems like whenever he tried to make a pass, he was running out of the pocket and that's not the situation you want to be in with a quarterback. And again, that's not all on him. Uh, but yeah, when you don't have an offensive line, they can block for you. But you got to make better decisions. Sometimes you yeah. you got to just let. If you think that if you're that scared, sometimes you just got to throw the ball out of bounds because it's like you can't just run away every time, every single time. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's tough for me to be optimistic because uh, Georgia Tech has not done well the past few years. I want to say I've written a lot of articles about the linebacking core. I just finished one on the safeties too. And like you said, Ace, Ace, uh, Ace—is it pronounced uh, Ely or is it pronounced Elay? I thought I thought I I couldn't tell you. I thought it was pronounced Elay, but anyway, uh, he's he's very talented. Uh, Jaquan's fantastic. Uh, We've got both of our star safeties are returning. So, but they didn't. Looking back now, I like they didn't really seem to have as much of an impact on the game. Uh, The one's slow. Linebackers tended to be playing catch-up, essentially, once the guys got past the line, so they didn't really have an impact. Sorry, go ahead.
1: I watched six years of David Curry not knowing how to run fit.
0: Yeah. I I, I respect him for what he did and for playing
1: and for fighting and for being a great teammate, but the amount of times he, he couldn't run fit the right way, so I'm hoping maybe some young blood will help that out a little bit.
0: But, yeah, I think that is something that Allende brings because he's much better at uh, attacking the gaps. But um, I don't know for Jaquan if that's, like, his key thing. He's more – he almost seems kind of more like we put him in there as a coverage kind of guy. To, but uh, I don't know. Um, we'll see. It's it's tough for me to be very optimistic, given what I saw out of the quarterback and what I saw out of our defense last year, but there's always that chance. And I think that's just kind of the focus going forward is let's start by seeing them uh, at least get <laughs> a game, a, one more than three wins. And then we'll see what happens after that. I guess uh, if we can get four wins, <laughs> you know what? I'll take it fine. Whatever. I'm not going to be thrilled about it, but I'll take it. Yeah,
1: yeah. again, I, I do think that it's kind of the issue, is that because the schedule is so tough, there is a strong chance that we are a legitimately better team. We just, it's hard to show because you're playing one of the hardest schedules in the country.
0: Well, and I mean, there's some teams on the schedule that like, are sneaky good. You've been kind of hyping on Kennesaw State, which I think they lost some talent, but they still have Plank, and he terrifies me. Um, and then I I am still
1: haunted by the Citadel.
0: (laughs) And then, like you said, Boston College has been getting better. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of things on there. So it's rough. And uh, uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I I don't know. Um, I want to see in the first game against NIU. Either it'll instill a lot of confidence for like that one game or it'll (laughs) confirm everything I've thought in this discussion right now. If, if we don't
1: win that game by three touchdowns, I think we're in for a really, really long season.
0: Yeah. All right, well, i got to wrap it up because I'm boring Artem to death. I can tell. Um, but, yeah. Uh,
1: I disagree.
2: Oh, last year when we had a really good year, there were a couple of weak-ass teams that we were like, man, this is going to suck. We only beat this team by ten points. <laughs> but it turned out to be a good season. So
1: don't hang your head if uh, if it's not by three TDs. Yeah,
0: wasn't there was a game. That's all
1: right. Like, we'll lose to we'll lose. The, We'll lose to Kennesaw State the next week anyway,
0: so Watch us somehow just just because uh, is Elizabeth hanging around right now? No. Like, just watch you're good. Yeah, I was like, just watch for some reason because the universe like is out against everybody. Watch us somehow beat UNC and then lose to like Kahua. Kennesaw State. Yeah, Kennesaw State. Like it's that's just the way things go. Uh but yeah. Alrighty. Uh, Y'all got any more thoughts before we close it out? Uh, Artem? A lot of thoughts. Not enough time.
2: It's going to be a fun season with everything going on. New things. Probably people getting in trouble with the law. People getting in trouble with the IRS. It's going to be college football all over again. Happy it's there.
0: Yeah, I know the the feeling. Every time I'm like, is cereal a soup? I'm just like, ah, I don't have enough time to think about this right now.
1: Thought about that.
0: Yeah, Andrew...
1: What what have you done? <laughs> no, the, the better question is, is a hot dog a taco? Uh,
0: technically? Uh, well, Artem, you're the taco expert. You're from Texas, so who's the... Is a is a hot dog a taco?
2: No, because you're using bread. If you're using a tortilla, yes. I can do that.
0: So, you're like, you have to fry the bread? Okay. Mm.
2: <laughs> no, as long as you use a tortilla...
0: Oh, okay. It has to be a tortilla. Okay, cool. Fair enough. All right. Cool. Well, now that we've answered one of life's great questions, uh, th- I want to say thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you qu- have any questions, shoot us an email at towmeatleather at gmail.com. And to everybody out there, I hope you have a safe and happy rest of your week and hope you're looking forward to this 2021 football season as much as we are. Uh, have a good rest of your – Have a good one, everybody. Bye.